Hello and welcome to Dating, Marriage and Divorce Conversations, where we analyze, navigate and troubleshoot all stages of your romantic life. I'm your host, Igor Meisterman, a divorce attorney turned relationship coach. Hello everybody. I have to tell you, it's unbelievable how we just want to enjoy the relationships and do nothing to earn them. And I just want to be clear, it's not a knock. I'm not trying to say everybody out there is failing in their relationships. It's not that type of a conversation. What I am seeing more and more, good, caring, innocent people who give their heart and soul, by the way, to many other areas of their lives. And yet, when it comes to their marriages, something different enters. Um, I don't want to call it negligence, although sometimes I feel like it's approaching negligence. But there's this almost kind of mild disregard, neglect of what the relationship needs, but yet a heightened awareness and even expressed need to receive something. And why it fascinates me so much is because people tell me all the time they're willing to go to continuous learning education classes to maintain their degrees. They're willing to go to all kinds of trainings, whether it's vocational, educational. We're willing to do all kinds of things. But when it comes to our marriages and the things that will probably be one of the most important legacies of our lives, in many ways, the things that define us, the things that build us, and certainly things that tear us down when things are hard, receive pretty much zero to a slight passing tap on the shoulder at best. I mean, the amount of input that goes into people's marriages is just, it's startling. It, it, it fascinates me. It frightens me that couples come in to do work here in my office and we start having conversations about, you know, you got seven days in a week, um, 24 hours in a day. Can you tell me how that time is allotted? And after we're done, you know, cutting out the time for work, which is understandable, and maybe driving carpools or dropping kids off or dealing with other, you know, family, personal-related matters. The time that's left, those hours that we're still awake, how much of that time is still spent given to the marriage? And I'm not talking about falling back on the couch from exhaustion, from a really long, hard day at work, kicking back, you know, even putting arms around each other and just watching something. I'm sorry, I got to break the bad news now. That's not connecting with each other. That's just occupying the same space. Or as Harville Hendricks really beautifully puts in his book, we just have parallel monologues. So interesting. Whereas one of my clients recently said to me, I feel like we're just two ships passing by and kind of, you know, like standing on the deck and uh, waving to each other from the distance. No handshake, no embrace. Just, you know, like a mild, cold, hoping for warm wave of the hand. That's it. This is what we've been reducing. Those are relationships. Hectic, 
exhausted roommates. Okay, granted, maybe with some privileges in that room. If not resentment and frustration, disappointment. But that's what we've basically been reduced to. We decided to acquire a legal status of being spouses, but we choose to very little about what actually gives us the status of spouses. The thing that makes it spousal. You know, kind of like, hey, guys, I got a driver's license, and everybody now can call me a legal adult. The only problem is I have no clue how to care about anybody else but myself, which very hard in psychological, emotional, philosophical terms to really call somebody an adult who is still behaving like a baby or a teenager, where it's all about me, 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 no more own them. Everybody else, well, you're here to serve me. Of course, I won't say those words, but the way I manifest is pretty much expression of that. And so the question becomes then is, how do I pull myself by the bootstraps away from the regiment, momentum, inertia of that existence where everything else somehow gets my time, everything else somehow I have an energy available for. My marriage, the thing that I claim is the most important thing in my life, that somehow finds itself on the back burner. Why is that? How did that happen? How do I reverse that? Well, the question of why is that, I almost want to say kind of the question for the ed the ages, right? Meaning everybody could ask these questions. Everybody could um, try to speculate, guess, wonder what it could mean, what the implications could be. So I want to kind of jump over that question and actually zoom in on what are we going to do about this sorry, sad state of affairs? Well, the first place we have to start, which I think is true pretty much for every other endeavor we're going to take in life, we might as well apply it here in our marriages, and that is going to be as, what is my mindset? What lens am I looking at the world through? And I'm talking about the world of my marriage or my relationship, not necessarily general world, just state of affairs, politically, socially, geopolitically. I'm talking right now about my relationship. What is my mindset that I approach it with? Is it, yeah, the thing I got to put up with. Oh, man, I love when I hear that line in my office. You know, it's, you know, I, I owe it to her. I owe it to him. And, uh, after all, we're married, right? So I should do husband-like things. I should do normal wife stuff, right? So I do them. Wait a second. Are you doing these things with intention to connect? Or are you doing them as some chore in a box you have to check off on a list of to-do items for today? And most people, unfortunately, when they feel comfortable enough to be honest with me, and while their spouse is present listening, well, are willing to tell the truth, which is, you're not really up there in the priority list. I don't really dedicate a lot of uh, real estate in my brain on you and our relationship. Oh, and when I'm coming home at night, exhausted, I'm just kind of expecting that there's going to be hot food rolling out, piping hot onto the table magically that you've uh, decided to produce for me. 
Yeah, just kind of expect that these things will happen. Oh, wait a second. You mean to tell me that you also had an exhausted day? No. What do you mean? I, I worked all that. I, I had a long, hard day. No. So the least that could happen in my world when I arrive at home is a hot meal table. Oh, you dealt with two or three screaming children and dentist appointments and um, this one has high fever and I got to deal with all these other things going on. I, my own boss yelled at me. I had my own work deadline. No. And this goes back and forth. I, I hope you'll notice here, I was not in any way trying to indicate one gender over the other. This has been completely, um, I almost want to say, the great equalizer, the disregard, the lack of focus on our marriages has been a great equalizer for people. It's really quite amazing how much we're able to so deeply delve in, express great creativities in other areas of our lives, just not in this one. So what are we going to do about this? And so I offer you an invitation. Really. I'm inviting you, no, not to come to my house, not to come hang out with me here. Although if you're interested in the 12-day program, by all means, please feel free to reach out to me. Igor at relationshipreimagined.com. I'm happy to set up a free consultation to discuss how this program could transform your relationship. No. Right now, I'm just inviting you to pause, take a deep breath, Ask yourself this question. How much longer am I willing to sit on the sidelines and be a spectator in my own marriage? How much longer am I willing to be dragged into this chore I call my marriage? Or am I willing to try something new? And the way that I will try something new will begin with shifting my perspective, my point of view. And the first shift that I'm going to make is I'm going to tell myself that I get to participate in the most important aspect of my life, my family, being a spouse, being a parent. I get to live this noble, sacred, holy role that I get to carry out. And it comes with punches and sweat and pain and exhaustion. But it's so noble and so holy. And it what gives me the deepest sense of meaning, purpose, pleasure, direction, in my life. And if I could reorient my mind to that reality, when I sit back on the couch after a long day of work, before I turn on reruns or continuation of some show, which I just try to accelerate my death with, I pause and I ask myself, why am I doing all this? What am I exerting all this energy for? If the answer is it's for them, my family, Am I willing then to take one more step and say, what will I do today in some small way that will inject 
reintroduce, permeate, and fill that sphere that I call my family with a sense of purpose, belonging, nobility. My kids now scream across the room and say, Daddy, would you change my diaper? Instead of going, gosh, when am I going to get to do my stuff? I always got to put up with these kids, and I always got to put up with my spouse. Instead, I pause, I smile, I look at the sky, and I say, God, thank you for blessing me with this opportunity. At every moment, no matter my family, I get to fulfill the most noble role I'll have in my life. And it won't be as a president of a company, as the CEO, CFO, COO, whatever title the outside world gives you so you could feel some degree of importance, some sense of, I have a place in this world. Guess what? If you have a family, that world already is in existence. And that world, every day, needs nothing else but you. That's right, you. And not only do I want you to realize and know that it needs you, I also want you to realize you are irreplaceable. You are one of a kind. There will never be one before you. There will never be another one like you after you're gone from this world. You are one of a kind. And your uniqueness is what is expected, what is desired to be brought into the relationship. There's only jokes that only you could make. And you have an audience, one of a kind, that will laugh at them. Or smear and say something funny or even hurtful. But that's what will make you unique. Your journey and that of the family you're building, that you're trying to maintain. And until we pause and change that lens, change the story of our relationship, you know what we'll do? We're just going to live out every day, over and over again, the same story. Just like in that movie, Groundhog's Day with Bill Murray. Right? Every day, I wake up, I do the same thing all over again. At the end of the day, I still may ask the question, will tomorrow be different? And if that's a question that you find yourself asking time to time, then I invite you to ask one even more important than that. That is, will tomorrow I be different? Because if I will be tomorrow the same, then so will my circumstance. So will my life. Because the change starts with me. And so am I willing to take off my current lenses the glasses through which I currently perceive the world, through which I interpret, process, and comprehend what goes on around me. And instead, invite myself to put on a different pair. Invite myself to think of the impossible, to think of a possibility that I say, man, nah, that could never happen in my family. Happiness? Oh, I buried that in the backyard 10 years ago. Enjoyment? Allocated time together, total focus, no, no social media, no phones, no, no, no work constantly pulling on me, taking me away from desperate attention, complete undivided attention that my, my family is craving to have from me. No, 
Maybe it was some other dream family that I get to watch on social media, but certainly not in my family. And the only way that that narrative will change is if I change. If I'm willing to say, you know what, I'm going to think of something new that maybe my friends are going to say, you're crazy. That's not happening. But instead, I'm going to try that out. I'm going to attempt to soar. I'm going to try to spread my, wing, my wings and I'm going to try to soar. I'm not going to try to force things into existence. I'm certainly not going to try to force others to change. I'm just going to do the best I can to give expression to all my gifts in my family setting and in my marriage, most important. And so I can invite my spouse to do interesting activities, to do out-of-box things, or as I like to tell some couples is, when you were dating, did you think of any creative activities? Oh, sure. Oh my gosh, I look back, I remember. Oh my gosh, we did such interesting things. And I can follow up with only one question. Why did you stop doing them? Why don't you keep going? Pretend you're about to date each other once again. Schedule the date. Imagine you're about to take out your spouse who is not your spouse for the moment. They are somebody you're dating. Where would you want to take them to impress them, to dazzle them? I'm sure you will think of many things. You can't ask dating coach Google. I'm sure a thousand things can come up. What would make them laugh? What would make you laugh? And invite them to go with you on this journey of a reimagining and reinventing the lens through which we look at our relationship. It does not have to be a passing ship where a hand is waving what feels like miles away. And the only thing that we have to show for that we are actually a couple is a certificate from a certain county that says we are married. We have to be able to find something more than that that gives us a sense of common mission, common vision, common purpose. It can actually be found in this piece of paper we signed many years ago when we swore to live together, right? Sickness or health, for rich or poor, till death do us apart. We didn't sign up to be in a prison in a self-created trap. These relations were designed to bring out the best in us, to challenge us to become the best version of ourselves. And all of a sudden they've been relegated to like some thing I just have to deal with. I just gotta put up with. I just need to hold my breath. And hopefully one day it'll just kind of like fly over me and pass by and I could just regain normalcy and live my life again. So sad, so sad. A couple called me and said they're getting divorced after more than three years of marriage. And of course, me being curious self, I said, can you please share with me, why are you getting divorced? You've been married for 30 years, you've married with your last kid. And the response was, there it is, you said it. You married off our last kid. 
We stayed together because we decided we would do it for the kids. I'm telling you, I almost fell out of the chair and fainted. You did what? You're telling me that for the last 10 plus years you stayed together pretending to be married for the kids' sake, for the community's sake, just to give a semblance so that it would look like there was some stability as a family, so that you could complete the next cycle of the family. I mean, that is so strange. That is so bizarre. And yet, people do it all the time. As crazy as it sounds, that is what people do. They become constrained. They become limited. Instead of being energy, we become particles. We have limits, we have walls all around us, and there are limits to what we can express, to what we can say, what we can do. And we're stuck. We can't connect to each other from that place. And how do you recover from it? Where do you go from it? The answer is we have to create an opening. If we create an opening, then something new can enter. If we are constrained, blocked, limited, and cemented into our beliefs, into our narratives, the stories we live with, well, there's nowhere to go from there. You're not going to turn cement into water. can't liquefy that type of a solid material. If I say to myself, there's got to be a different way. You know what? I'm an experiment. After all, what do I got to lose? Maintain the status quo? So you know what? I'll take my chances. And then sit down and just think to yourself, what could we do different now? How can I show up now? If I asked my spouse, if I did this, what would give you a sense of worth, value, belonging, that you are important in my eyes? What can I do that would fill that? You will be amazed at the things your spouse may share with you. If you said thank you to me when I do something for you, if you walk me to the door, if you fill up gas in my car, you'd be amazed at things that you could share with your spouse and what they might share with you that would begin to reintroduce that life, breathe new, fresh air into the relationship and rejuvenate everybody in the process. Instead of living out a completely cemented pattern and then telling ourselves, well, couldn't have been any other way. Because to which I have only one answer. It could have been if you would have been another way. But as long as you choose not to be any other, then that's all you want to get. I know, I know. It's hard. It's hard to break patterns, especially those that are cemented after 5 years, 10 years, 15 years of just complete rote repetition, cementing, almost as if guaranteeing there is only one fate, there's only one destiny, this is it. You'll be amazed how underneath what appears like cemented, concrete, Structure lies a very fertile soil, waiting to regenerate, regrow, re-experiment with the question of 
what if, what if I tried something different? Stop. What if I took on a 30 day challenge? Anything my spouse wants, I'm going to do. No questions asked. Whoa, that's crazy. Really? Igor, are you serious? Anything my spouse wants, I do. No questions asked. Obviously, don't be stupid. I'm not talking about doing something illegal, inappropriate, harmful to your health or anybody else's health. But I'm talking about all the things that plague us in our day-to-day life. If only he did this. If only she did that. If only one of them showed up different. What if I discarded all that? Said, I'm going to negate myself. I'm going to let go of my ego. I'm going to surrender to the relationship. That's it. No questions asked. You will be shocked at the transformation you can bring into your relationship. And a deeper, more meaningful, richer, healthier experience you will have in your relationship will have when somebody makes that type of a change to the dance in the relationship. So I invite you to participate. To ask yourself, am I willing to invite myself and no longer sit on the sidelines watching my relationship pass by and instead become the owner, the proactive participant of my marriage? Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us today. For questions, comments, topics you'd like to hear more about, or to try our 24-week relationship challenge, email us at relationshipreimagined at gmail.com.